0: A start
1: on demand. on demand.
2: Today is 680 CJOB's 75th anniversary, and we had a blast speaking to the likes of Kevin the Lizard Wallace, who is a former technical producer for Charles Adler and former program director of this station. We also got a message from Charles Adler himself, who spoke to former news anchor Barry Burns and current host Kathy Kennedy and former morning host Larry Updike along with his partner in crime, Brian Barkley. We also heard from Doug Brown on the CFL talking to the XFL. And we learned that Doug, not a big fan of the idea. And one year ago today, a global pandemic was declared. Tristan Field-Jones looks at how the dominoes started to fall once the NBA suspended its season. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's in for Jeff Courier. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, March 11th, 75th anniversary podcast for The Start. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb in for Courier on a special day here at 680 CJOB. And it's apropos, Greg, that in Marnie Blunt's report there. She spoke with Gary Moyer, who describes himself as a broadcast historian. He was actually one of my instructors at Red River College. And partly because of him, I now have... Had a 17-year career, 17 years at CJOB, but still a drop in the bucket to the 75 years this radio station has been on the air as of today.
3: It's sort of overwhelming, and I mentioned this yesterday or the day before. If you look out the window right behind you there, you can look down on the building where it all began, where the switch was flipped, and 75 years of broadcasting began, and... Couldn't be more honored to be here this morning. And the list of guests, the list of individuals who have played a part in your memory and your life in mine is extraordinary today. And I can't wait to take this walk down memory lane as we look at the past but set the table for the future at the same time.
2: And let's do that right now in a Milroy montage. This
4: is Blake Broadcasting Limited, 1340 on the dial, CJOB. The station that's working for Winnipeg.
5: CJB. Good
6: morning, neighbors. This is Chuck Cook, inviting you to smile, darn not you? Come on, smile.
7: Here is the latest news from the wires of British United and Canadian Press. You'll find you'll never go
4: wrong if you learn to croon this happy tune.
8: It's six eight song.
6: Good this is Red Alex, and we're here for breakfast good with you. There she is. Good I this The old bell.
1: Dial C-J-O-B.
6: Sports. This is Ken Nicholson. It'll be my pleasure to describe
7: the play-by-play of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in the coming year. To tell you the truth, I'm scared to death heading into this, my first broadcast of a pro football game. We give you the whole story at
6: 25 After the Hour, and that's why you haven't heard the whole story in sports until you've
9: heard
4: CJOB. Mayor Stephen Juba kicked off this program on the CJOB Action Line this morning. He's
7: back in the studio with us. CJOB! Almost 34 years ago, on March the 11th, 1946, a similar ceremony to this took place when Mayor Gina Coulter, the mayor of Winnipeg at that time, pulled a switch which put CJOB on the air. Oh, listen to
6: this. Uh, what? Well, breaking news. Yes! Bulletin, bulletin,
10: bulletin. Relay, relay, relay.
7: You're listening to Global News Radio, 680 CJOB, Winnipeg's news and
2: information leader. As a resident of Transcona for the first 28 years of my life, I still, to this day, can't decide as to whether or
3: not I should say Plessies or Plessy.
11: I'm the kind of person that will... I get stubborn I'm sure you're surprised by that and um,
3: you know that saying just because you can't do something doesn't mean you shouldn't I do sing, and I shouldn't.
0: And you know, when I started in this business in the early and mid-80s, I mean, you couldn't do a a remote broadcast, right? You would have to take a whole radio station with you, and and now we're doing this, you know, a little box the the size of a a wallet almost has got me on the air here. All right, so we're going to try to get some of your questions about this answered, because these government programs are coming at us. Thick and fast, and we acknowledge that most of you have probably never had to access any of this kind of stuff, so you, you're wading into uncharted territory. Hey, Andrew Harris, you're bringing the Grey Cup home to Winnipeg. Oh, man. Woo! Cluchet, retiring. What? That Woo-hoo! story
3: just ahead on your five o'clock. No, not me. It's another clue. Ow.
1: Dubois, two on two with Shifley. He sprints into toward the net. Let a shot go. He's gone. Pierre-Luc Dubois with the game winner. His second of the night, just 27 seconds into overtime.
8: I say this on behalf of all of us. At 680 CJOB, welcome home.
2: Kyle Milroy produces the best montages. Thank you very much,
3: Kyle. Spine-tingling, tear-inducing overwhelming, powerful, the messages in there, oh my goodness, and Julie's jubilation, when us see, was retiring, it's overwhelming, the school bell, so many of us will remember that, Ken Nicholson, and his frankness, his honest- honestness, I'll tell you the truth, I'm scared to death, some of the things that jumped out in that, and then of course, relay, 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 <laughs> do you remember the relay, are you old enough to remember when we did the relay on CJOB? No. Pardon me.
2: Yes, but I don't remember.
3: Yeah, it was just a sort of before cell phones, it was the electronic bulletin board. And quite often it was a relay message for someone traveling from one place to another. You need to call home. You need to call home now or you need to do this now or meet somebody at this intersection. It was really the precursor to the internet and text messaging. We were the conduit. Uh, Between households at times, it was uh, absolutely wonderful to listen to and, uh, as I've said before, overwhelming to be a part of.
2: So we have a star-studded lineup through the day here on 680 CJOB. Coming up at 6.35, we are going to speak to Kevin the Lizard Wallace, who was Charles Adler's longtime technical producer before he went on to become the program director here for a time. At 7.15, we're going to hear from the man himself, the boss of talk, the boss of talk, Charles Adler. Barry Burns is going to join us at 7.50, former news anchor here, a news anchor extraordinaire. Uh, Kathy Kennedy KK is going to join us at 8.50, and then at 9.35 we're going to speak to former morning host Larry Updike and his, as he used to call him, his little buddy, Brian Barkley. Now, Brian's also going to be on with Hal because I think of anybody in this building, Hal probably has the most special relationship with Brian because he worked with Barkley for years at Power 97, and then
3: here at CJOB. Which relationship was more contentious, more friction, more, mm, shall we say, nasty, <laughs> Larry and Brian or Brian and Hal? And I mean that in the most delightful way because, of course, that it was all in good fun. But I think Larry just had that just a little extra bit of animosity towards brian on the air and i loved it
2: larry picked on brian constantly (laughs) that was part of the fun so (laughs) so we're looking forward to hearing from the two of them today so lots of stuff in the anniversary today but of course we also can't forget it was one year ago today that the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a global public health emergency. And then the following day, March 12th, Manitoba announced its first presumptive positive COVID-19 case. So coming up at 8.30 today, we're going to hear from Tristan Field-Jones. He's put together a feature pertaining to sports, because as you might remember, it was the NBA, I think, that knocked over the first domino, and that's kind of when Everything, everything almost overnight went to hell in a handbasket.
3: The Jets played the final game against the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton in the NHL in the regular season. But in the NBA, they actually walked off the court yeah. as the game was about to begin. It was uh, surreal, to say the least.
2: Mackling and McGarry, you know, we are going to talk here about the AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine arriving in Manitoba, the rollout starting for pharmacies, clinics, pop-up sites. You can read more on that at CJOB.com because Greg has put together a little something special regarding the 75th anniversary of CJOB.
3: Yeah, and I'll say this. An anniversary marks a period of time. We had the discussion yesterday. Is it a birthday? Is it an anniversary? Well, an anniversary is a celebration of longevity, a reflection of how we got here. And yesterday, my mother and father-in-law celebrated 48 years of marriage. An anniversary marking, celebrating the longevity of their relationship. And today, as we mark the 75th anniversary of CJOB's first day on the air, it might feel like we are just celebrating us. The us being the entity, 680 CJOB. If I may, I would like to suggest that today on these airwaves that we are celebrating a successful relationship. A 75 years long relationship between CJOB and Winnipeg and Manitoba. 75 years shared between the 50,000 watt blowtorch and those who choose to be part of our radio family. You welcome us into your homes, your vehicles, your workplace, your campgrounds, even on vacation. It will sound hokey or maybe even disingenuous to some ears. But the truth is this. We are just talking to ourselves in a small room without you. Without you, this relationship does not exist. And by extension, CGOB does not exist. We thank you. And as we reflect upon this time we have spent together, please know that today we celebrate you. We celebrate the time shared, the historical moments marked, the collective sorrow, the collective achievements of our community, our city, our province. Today... And quite frankly, every day, we celebrate our time together. Like any relationship, the one between 680, CJOB, and you, the listener, evolves. It has evolved. It's changed over time. But I can tell you this, the commitment has never changed. Our commitment to you is to be here. To be here when you need us, to be here when you count on us, to take you to the places you need to be but can't go yourself to be here to share your stories. Some of the best relationship advice I've ever heard came from the classic TV sitcom, All in the Family. Edith Bunker told her daughter Gloria that the key to a long successful marriage was to never be out of love with one another at the same time. Today marks 75 years since the switch was flipped, a 75 years long invitation to meet, to gather virtually, to converse, to share, and yes, to disagree. If you're inclined, if it's safe to do so, raise a glass, a cup, a bottle of your favorite beverage, and here's to 75 more years and to never being out of love with one another at the same time.
2: If you want to see some great blast from the past pictures as well, go to our 680 CJOB Instagram. We've pulled out some gems, just amazing stuff. Make sure you follow us there as well. It's an exciting day here at CJOB, 75th anniversary, and we're about to talk to our first guest, our first blast from the past. But coming up at 7:07,
1: ladies and gentlemen, this is the Accessor.
2: Gmac, what is happening?
3: Well, we don't know. <laughs> That's why I take a deep breath there. We don't know. We All we do know is yesterday the CFL and the XFL acknowledged the fact that they're having conversations about things they might be able to do together somewhere in the future. And Bob Irving didn't mince too many words when he responded to how he felt on Hal's show yesterday afternoon. Somebody
0: from the XFL, and it could have been Dwayne the Rock Johnson, or one of his henchmen, contacted the CFL and said, hey, what's up there, you guys? Why don't we talk about some synergies and some things we could maybe collaborate on? You know, it's sort of an innocent conversation. And so now it's getting built in the minds of a lot of people and something i think hell more than it is
2: so who are we talking to at 707 on this
3: doug brown of course uh, the color an- analyst on blue bomber broadcast former CFLer and nfler cfl uh, all-time great doug brown
2: now as we celebrate our 75th anniversary it is an exciting day it is truly an honor to speak to the men we're about to speak to because for years He was the man behind the glass. The operator, the technical producer, extraordinaire, the man of sound, the right clip
3: always at the right time. And at some point, he became the boss. And as a listener, the man affectionately known as Lizard became a part of my life intimately on September 11th, 2001. It was a day which changed so many things about how we've lived since. It was a day we will never, ever forget. I know that day had a profound effect on Kevin Wallace we say good morning to the one and only Lizard. How are you, my friend?
7: Hey, good morning, Greg. Uh, great to hear from you and from Brett. Uh, really appreciate it. It's a great honor to be back on uh, the CJOB Airwaves.
3: Huge. Well, well, it's an honor to to reach out and to be able to connect with you because you're about to do a morning show yourself.
7: I am, actually. I'm calling you from the studio of 99.7 Sun Country on my own uh, broadcast mic at the same time. Fancy. that technology. And you're in High River, Alberta? I am the home of the birthplace of Alberta's only prime minister that was actually born in Alberta that would be Joe Clark.
3: Always uh quick with the uh with the trivia uh, Kevin. Hey, let's That's ask terrific. you let's ask you about uh September 11th and that effect that it had on your life because For me, that's, as I mentioned, was when I got to know you uh, as a listener at that time because we we, we learned a lot about you and and it had a long-term effect on your life.
7: It sure did. September 11th changed all of our lives. It it affected mine permanently in so many different ways. Uh, Life got uh, super serious at that moment, and uh, I think it changed all of our lives, especially those of us that were watching it happen, especially when the second plane hit. Uh, That's when everything changed. Everyone in the newsroom knew it. And we acted accordingly. There was one thing great about working at CJOB, and it's a great privilege to be on these airwaves. Uh, There's a level of expectation at CJOB from all the professionals that work there. And then when something like that happens, there's a whole new level, and everyone steps up. And it was amazing to be part of uh, the people that we worked with at that time. It was a day that none of us will forget.
2: Well, and Lizard, you mentioned the level of expectation, and I didn't know what to expect when I came to work here, I was straight out of college back in 2004, and my first experience at CJOB. On my first day, I was brought into the control room, and I had spoken to you. You'd come to our our school. You came to Red River College and played that montage that you made for September 11th. But uh, you were very, of course, calm and casual during that presentation. But then when I walked into the control room and saw you in action, I felt like I was watching Tank in the the Nebuchadnezzar and the Matrix. And I thought, what have I just gotten myself into?
7: Oh, yeah. Um, You know what? Uh, That was the most exciting times of my life, uh, to be honest. Uh, It is so uh, intense behind the glass, so to speak. People never get to see that, but you obviously were very intimate with that as well and worked with Adler as well. Um, It is pretty high intense, and uh, there's a million moving parts. And uh, you have to have, (laughs) I don't know what it is, lots of coffee and uh, caffeine and nicotine were what drove me every
10: morning.
3: (laughs) There, there's a sincerity about the way most of us go about this every day, though it, it's in our blood, so to speak, and I think it, it's innate. It, it's a, a part of our very being that that desire to connect with individuals. Talk about sharing our stories, uh, lizard, and our vulnerabilities, because they won't connect with every single person every single day. But that's not really possible, or necessarily the point, right? But before we let you go, talk about speaking into the microphone with. Just maybe that one person in mind uh, as you speak.
7: You know what? It is always a one-on-one relationship you have with a listener. And you have to be honest. And September 11th taught us uh, that in more ways than one. And you know what? Uh, The audience trusted us with what they had to say. And they shared their honest, raw emotion because they felt comfortable coming to CJOB because they knew that CJOB takes life seriously. They like to have fun, but they don't like to take themselves too seriously at the same time. So it's a great honor and privilege people trust CJOB with their thoughts and their feelings and their raw emotions on spectacular events like that. And it's a great honor and privilege to be part of that.
2: Kevin, the Lizard Wallace, an honor and privilege to speak to you once more, sir. You're, even though uh, Charles was the man behind the microphone, you are just as much a storyteller with all of the amazing montages you crafted for him during your time behind the glass. So we thank you very much for what you brought to this radio station and for joining us this morning.
7: Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Uh, one thing I just want to say,
2: man, I miss the pierogies.
7: I will always miss the (laughs) he's from Winnipeg.
3: (laughs) We miss you too, Lizard. Thanks for everything and thanks for this time today. Have a great show.
7: Love you guys.
2: Cheers. Since it's CJOB's 75th anniversary, we want to talk about... What was your favorite birthday party, best birthday party you ever had? Tell us a story at 204-780-6868 for your chance to win two tickets to the Zoo Lights Festival at Assiniboine Park. We've got Jeff Forte here, Jeff Braun, Cam Poitras. Poitras, why don't we start with you, sir?
1: Well, I'll start with my worst birthday, actually. Uh, It's the
2: thing that sticks in my
1: my head the most. I, I was a young kid, maybe three or four, and it was me and my brother. And my Uncle Mark took us to Chuck E. Cheese, and we were living in B.C. at the time. And uh, apparently, I don't really remember too much, but apparently we were uh, really bad and we were a handful. And uh, uh, my Uncle Mark uh, put us in the truck and, and we were crying and just terrible and turned around to us and he said, Chuck E. Cheese is dead. <laughs> and he, like, <laughs> caused me, like, a hor- like I had a dream that night because I actually thought that Chuck E. Cheese was dead. And I had this dream last night and there was Chuck E. Cheese and I was running down a corridor in, like, a back alley with him and we were trying to escape. And then I turned the corner and I looked back and he was lying on the ground, like, shot or something. So it was a, it was a traumatic third birthday for me. <laughs> and the death of Chuck E. Cheese, I'm still dealing
2: with this to this day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My uh, pleasure. Jeff, Jeff Forte, what about you? Uh, my parents, it's my
1: 10th birthday party, and my parents had rented, I forget what it was called, like the fire hall or something like that. It was a youth drop-in center, and you could rent out this whole place. Had a gym, had video games. Really, really cool. And, uh, you know, me and all my friends, we end up listening to a song, and we listen to it over and over again we had it on repeat so not appropriate for a 10 year old yeah This is just an instrumental because i didn't look up the lyrics i wanted to be extra careful but, <laughs> but there's 10 year olds you know boy girl party listening to bloodhound gang the bad touch it's called the
3: bad touch <laughs> so inappropriate but it was so much fun so what's the instance of that song brett What's that? What's the essence of the lyrics of
0: that song? The Discovery Channel. (laughs) Yes, there it is.
2: (laughs) The Discovery Channel and doing things in a certain way so that you can both watch X-Files. That's great, Forte. What about you, Jeff Braun?
0: Uh, For me, it's any birthday party where bowling was involved. When I was a little kid, I I told my parents, I want to go... I want to have a bowling alley birthday party, and we started doing that almost every year, I think, and it actually, and it carried on into adulthood, and uh, in my group of friends, one of our traditions is, I'm the only one who ever has a birthday party anymore, and for many years, up until, I think, maybe less than 10 years ago, we would always have a, go somewhere, have a nice big meal, and then go bowling. And then when we got into sort of our late 30s, we finished that big meal at the restaurant at the Gasthaus Gutenberger, that great old place. And everyone <laughs> was sitting around looking at each other and was like, I don't think I can go bowling today, man. I'm too full. So we've cut out the bowling just because we, you know, gorge ourselves on a delicious meal. And we just don't have the stamina for both anymore. But got a lot of great memories of bowling alleys. I don't know what it is about bowling, but I, I just love it. I just think it's a, always a great birthday party idea.
2: I never went to Gasthouse Gutenberger, and I've always been sad because you have been raving about that place for years, and now it's gone. Yeah. Greg Mackling, what about you?
3: Well, I could pick from a, a few. I've been lucky to have some real killer shakers over the years. My 40th was great. My 50th had a great time. First time was able to have uh, CJOB legends in my kitchen. It was something special to have uh, people from work at my birthday. But I guess it was my 21st birthday. It was sort of my first unofficial broadcast, <laughs> so to speak. It was at Chi-Chi's, of course, on a day off. Had about 25 people there. And uh, the libations were flowing And uh, I stood up and, you know, did a little bit of a speech and proceeded to say something about every single person at the table. There were about, like I said, 20 to 25 people there. It was much longer than it should have been, but uh, memorable nonetheless. So now I have to be reminded that I'm not allowed to say something about every single person in the room at celebrations like that. (laughs) Every single person. (laughs) Every single person. Uh, My brother, Kevin, at my wedding, uh, he kind of whispered, there are almost 200 people here. You're not. No, I'm not going to go through the list. <laughs> For me, it
2: was probably my 20th birthday. Um, my buddies joined me at my parents' place uh, in Transcona before we walked over to the Oak, which was Bullwinkle's at the time. And I can't remember what day of the week it was. I think it was, a, it might've been a Monday because drinks were like a dollar twenty five <laughs> at the oak <laughs> on Mondays. And... Um, I remember doing a shot of Prairie Fire, which was not fun. And uh, I remember dancing to the Backstreet Boys, everybody. And then I remember after the bar, walking back, Home crossing the field at Regent Park, A. Cole Regent Park. And I think at one point we grabbed a swing set out of somebody's yard and dragged oh, it into the word. field because we were mature like that. <laughs> and it was just a fun time. And it actually was the benchmark for a number of my friends for years when we talked about best birthdays. They're like, Brett's 20th. Everybody just had. A blast. And uh, for me, that was sort of the the golden ticket, as it were, of birthdays. It's all been downhill since then. So. Does, that, <laughs> does that
3: swing set still live in that abandoned field? No. Or? <laughs> no it, it,
2: I, think, I think it found its way home pretty quick. Yeah, we didn't move, we didn't move it that far. We good were just, uh, just goofing around. So text us your story. 204-780-6868. G-Mac, I'm assuming there's a clip here with exclamation marks, Oh, plenty. Did you put this in? I sure did. Would you like to tee it
3: up, or shall I just press play? I don't think it needs any introduction. Just press play. And isn't
4: it right that you guys got into a shoving match outside my studio door?
6: Don't
5: drum up any more excitement. Long-haired Al, take a long walk off a
3: short pier. Long-haired Al, take a long walk off a short pier. That's the voice, the accent. Peter Warren joins... Loren McNabb at 10.30 this morning. Conversation with Bob Irving, Peter Warren and Loren. So many people looking forward to the return of Peter Warren to these airwaves. You only have three hours and 23 minutes to wait.
2: As you quite likely know by now, discussions between the CFL and XFL about a potential partnership are underway. And the president of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers says it could be very good news overall for the Canadian League.
7: Look, you know, we love our game and we want to strengthen it. And, and you know, I think we would be crazy as a league not to have conversations with, with groups like this that, that can strengthen our, uh, our league and, and, you know, see how we can grow the game of football in Canada as well as in North America and around the world.
3: Some might disagree with that take. If you love, like, or somewhat follow the Canadian Football League, you likely have an opinion on how far these discussions should actually go. Doug Brown played in the National Football League. He's a Canadian Football Hall of Famer, of course, member of our broadcast team on CJOB. I saw your tweet last night, Douglas. Pretty definitive definitive statement on your part. Uh, What would you like to say?
12: Uh, I mean, I hope it's just for discussion. Let's put it that way. I don't see really what's in it for the, the Canadian Football League. It's um, it's it's you know it's the XFL that hasn't really done anything outside of survive uh, a single football season. Uh, this is already their third go-round, and in my opinion, they need the CFL a lot more than the CFL needs them. Obviously, the CFL is looking for some sort of cash infusion, I would guess, but I just don't see what the trade-off is. I mean, we remember... Uh, how poorly and how badly it went. As a member of the, a former member of the CFL Players Association, when the CFL had teams in the U.S. Uh, from '93 to '95, I didn't even start playing here until 2001, and I was still in these meetings with the Players Association. You would still hear about how uh, that disaster set the Canadian Football League back financially. You know, decades. It was they were still reeling and recovering from from that expansion into the u.s that went so poorly so i don't think u.s viewers are interested in watching uh you know canadian teams and canadian fans and obviously they've demonstrated and 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 proven that the xfl doesn't have a viable audience down there so i mean it's exciting i guess that dwayne johnson is heading it up but unless you're thinking about having a rural rumble at halftime or uh, you know he gets to write himself into a, a script of the Labor Day Classic where he runs down going, Gainer the Gopher or something like that. I, I just don't see the viability, or the, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, it's a it's a big name with a huge social media following, but it's the same story that has failed time and time again in in the U.S. and that's the XFL. I mean that first of all, come up with a new name if you want to uh, talk about having discussions with the CFL, because the XFL, as a credible football name, is not there whatsoever, whatsoever. and I just think associating with that right now is, is a bad, bad look for the Canadian Football League.
2: So you talked about the the expansion to the U.S. in 93. CFL heads to the U.S. with a move culminating in the Baltimore team playing in two consecutive Grey Cups, winning in 1995, and for all intents and purposes, moving to Montreal the following year. So was the best thing to come out of that U.S. experiment the CFL's return to Montreal?
12: Yeah. Well, I I would think for every good thing that happened from... Uh, the U.S. expansion for the CFL from 93 to 95, I'd say there's probably about 30 bad things that, that went down. And you just look at the numbers and the the financial catastrophe of what that was and, and how the you know the CFL had its hands and fingerprints all over it. It just wasn't – there's a big problem in the U.S. for football that isn't the NFL. And nobody's solved that story yet, and I just don't see how a rebranded XFL – Um, that is probably clamoring. I mean, Dwayne Johnson put out a story yesterday yesterday about how important the CFL was to his development and where he ended up and and what he's doing now. And that's fantastic. But, you know, he's also trying to get a return on the $15 $15 million investment he put in buying that team. And I don't think, I think he needs a, a piece of something that is established and something that has been, Yeah, the CFL has its challenges. But, I mean, this is a storied and historic league and uh, part of the, the culture of uh, of Canadian society, and I just think this is uh, this is a, this looks like a mad scramble for me. This looks like the optics of this is Randy Ambrosie um, throwing up a hail mary down south across the border for something that hasn't worked before, and uh, to a league that is on uh, you know going for its third time without being successful.
3: Doug Brown joins us this morning. Doug, before we let you go, I'm always concerned when these sorts of conversations which are pegged and and really painted as preliminary and, you know, we're just feeling one another out. Well, that's what they're prepared to say publicly. What frightens me is what might actually be happening behind closed doors and how far down the road they might be uh, without anybody watching.
12: Yeah, exactly. Um, this is obviously, this could be the tip of the iceberg, right? That's a very good point. You don't know to what extent this has gone, uh, whether it's, uh, it's already too late and, and things have progressed and whether there is going to be a union or not. I just really hope the CFO recognizes and realizes that it is dealing from a position of strength, uh, regardless of its financial situation right now due to the pandemic. This is an established, proud league with tons of, of history, and a very important segment of uh, Canadian football lore. And uh, I, I, like you said, I just don't see any involvement from the XFL, you know, would have to be very, very amenable. And hopefully uh, it's not a big, uh, a big part of what happens in 2021 or, or 2022, as I understand.
2: Well, Doug, we don't necessarily smell what the Rock is cooking on this, but we always smell what you're cooking. So thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate hey. it, sir.
12: Thanks for having me on,
2: guys. Doug Brown, Canadian Football Hall of Famer and, of course, a member of our broadcast team here on 680 CJOB with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is in for Jeff Courier. We are going to hear from many... Voices today on the 75th anniversary of CJOB. We already spoke to Kevin the Lizard Wallace, who was the technical producer for Charles Adler and eventual program director here at 680 CJOB. And GMAC, you got a message last night. We were hoping to bring him on live, but he hosts a show from 9 until midnight. Uh, That's Winnipeg time. So morning's a little early for him now.
3: Yeah, West Coast is home to Charles Adler now. He left us several years ago for uh, Lotus Land. Charles Adler said, uh, "Gmac, I-, I can't join you guys. That's too early for me these days, but I will put something together for you. And uh, well, as you might expect, it's quite magical.
13: Just want to say a few things about a great radio station celebrating its 75th anniversary. It's a 50,000 watt blowtorch called CJOB in Winnipeg. My base, my home away from home, for nearly two decades. I got to work with some great broadcasters, among them Bob Irving and Kelly Moore, Jeff Courier, Kevin the Lizard Wallace, Vic Grant, Hal Anderson, Garth Butchko, Barry Burns, Larry Updike, Richard Cloutier, and Brian Barkley, and Greg Mackling, and Brett McGarry, and so many others. But the most magical part of the experience was meeting Manitobans everywhere, devoted listeners to the radio station. Many of them had listened since the very launch, just after World War II. Many things have changed over 75 years, but not the people's love for their radio station, which has been their source for events happy and sad and everything in between. I'm so proud to have CJOB carved into my personal biography and will always be appreciative of the overwhelmingly positive feelings Winnipeggers, Manitobans have Toward the radio station. So, happy birthday to my family in Winnipeg. 680 CJOB. Happy 75th anniversary. The boss of talk,
2: Charles Adler.
13: Sums it up. The
3: only way Charles can emotionally, succinctly, and uh, Charles, we, we owe you all, we all owe you, should say that in a proper fashion here, a debt of gratitude uh, for your work over the years and And your mentorship uh, means the world uh, to me. And, Brett, I know you spent a lot of time with Charles Adler over the years.
2: We are speaking to a star-studded cast of characters throughout the day, including right now, former news anchor extraordinaire Barry Burns joins us live on CJOB. Good morning, Barry.
8: Good morning, Brett. Good to talk to you.
2: Pleasure to hear your voice once again, sir. And we got to, I guess, why don't we start with the fact that you were formerly a a television anchor. You were a TV evening anchor. What was it like making the jump from a TV evening anchor desk to the morning radio desk?
8: Well, it was great because I didn't have to wear makeup anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I was, uh, I was blessed to, uh, to be able to get the opportunity to come to CJOB in 1996 after uh, Channel 12 thought I was a little too old for the job at age 50. <laughs> but Vic Grant didn't think I was too old, and uh, either did Garth Butchko, and they were kind enough to give me the opportunity to replace Stu Fawcett in 1996, and I had a wonderful 17 years at CJOB.
3: Well, the voice of reason, and, and when Barry Burns said it, you, you knew it was true. Uh, Barry, great to hear your voice, as always. I grew up with your voice. I, I hope that's okay for me to say that. You, you recently turned 75. I think that's public knowledge. Tell us what it's been like to to watch this radio station go through its various iterations for decades, and, of course, to be part of one or two of those.
8: Well, it, it has been a great experience to not only listen to CGOB because my mother I had CJOB glued on the radio, and uh, we didn't listen to I didn't realize there were other radio stations in the city until like, I grew up a little bit. But uh, it's been uh, just fantastic and a great experience for me uh, to be able to be involved with some of the most important things in our lives, like, for example, the, the uh, flood of 1997 where I worked with Peter Warren and Kathy Hansen and Amber Anderson and a great crew of folks as we covered that event. And then I was lucky enough to uh, be able to go to Afghanistan on behalf of CGOB and Chorus Entertainment and report live from Kandahar Airfield for a few weeks, and uh, that was probably the highlight of my career.
2: And you mentioned being involved, and you are still kind of involved. We we still very much enjoy hearing from you on our text line. Uh, you like to offer uh, helpful suggestions when you hear certain things <laughs> in our newscast.
8: <laughs> that's that's a good way of putting it, Brett. Uh, very polite. Thank you very much. No, I care a lot about CJOB and 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 what the radio station is doing and how it's serving the people not only of Winnipeg but of Manitoba and and really all over Canada. If you're listening on the computer. Um, I, I care a lot about what's going on, that's for sure. And I like to be able to offer information. And in turn, I get a lot of information because in my life now as a limousine driver for Hollywood Limousine Service, I count on you guys for traffic and weather reports to uh, make my job a little bit easier.
2: Well, Barry Burns, we appreciate the visit. And uh, thanks for everything that you brought to this radio station and for everything that you taught uh, young. when I was just a young pup. I learned a lot uh, from you when I first started here. So thank you for everything. Well, Brett,
8: thank you very much. And thank you to Vic Grant and Garth Butchko for giving me the opportunity to join the
2: family at CJOB. Barry Burns joining us live on The Start, former morning radio anchor extraordinaire... We're going to take a look at a different aspect as we've been doing this series all week long and looking back on different aspects of how COVID-19 has affected everything in our lives. The primary focus today is health and illness, but right now we want to talk about sports, and actually our question of the day at cjob.com pertains to that. It's brought to you by Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness at 204-832-6243. And the question is discussions between the CFL and XFL about a potential partnership are underway what do you think of that 16% say good after the pandemic the CFL will need a boost 5% say I'm cool with anything involving the rock because he is after all the most electrifying man in sports entertainment today But 79% say not good. Mm. The CFL is great the way it is. And we're getting a lot of feedback on that this morning. So keep your feedback coming at 204-780-6868. But indeed, as it pertains to sports, one year ago today, the NBA suspended its season after a player tested positive for a virus that would soon dominate headlines.
3: And it would be the first of many professional leagues and organizations to shut down. 680 CJOB's Tristan Field-Jones takes a look back at that fateful day and the events that followed shortly afterward. He has always been one of those guys who uh, highlight film in transition,
11: shoots to three very well. How about CP3? Watch that battle. Wednesday, March 11th, 2020. 7.10 p.m. Central Time. The Utah Jazz are in Oklahoma City about to take on the Thunder. It's one of six basketball games scheduled that evening for the NBA. Well, the first two games between these teams were in Utah. Lineups have been determined and warmups are just finishing. But for some reason, the game isn't getting underway. What seemed like a sure start to the matchup is slowly fading into confusion. A late
13: conference here.
11: Just before tip-off, a man wearing a navy blue suit and brown loafers can be seen rushing onto the court. He's speaking with numerous people darting across the floor between coaches, referees and other staff. That man is the team doctor for Oklahoma City. What he's about to tell officials is going to be the flashpoint for an unprecedented disruption that will sweep the rest of the world.
2: Now that guy's not here tonight,
12: uh, Rudy Gobert. He's out with an illness, so that changes the dynamic.
11: The illness is severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2, COVID-19. It's why the game had to come to a halt, a virus that for a while seemed so foreign and so distant to many of us in the Western world, suddenly made itself known close to home.
0: Fans, due to unforeseen circumstances, the game
3: tonight has been postponed. You are all safe.
11: The teams were ushered off the court and fans were told to leave. The NBA announced later that evening the rest of the season would be suspended. Good night, fans. The following day, the National Hockey League would also postpone games. The NHL had plans to play games without spectators, but mid-afternoon, it pulled the plug. It didn't take long before other leagues would do the same. Baseball is not going to return until the public health situation and postpone training camps of course you know, we're still looking forward to playing football this season
3: Major League Soccer is the latest league to suspend play
9: as so the following suit: pres- the FA the Premier League the EFL and Barclays FA Women's Super League and also the FA Women's Championship have all collectively that
4: indicated that uh, the event would be cancelled and that information but, uh, has been we had
13: have, uh, to postpone the uh, Olympic and Paralympic Games uh, Tokyo uh, 2020.
11: As sports, concerts, festivals and even schools ground to a halt, governments imposed restrictions.
5: We have taken the extra step of declaring a public health emergency in the province of British
11: Columbia. Declaring a state disaster for
1: all counties in the state of in Further decisive action uh, by declaring a state of emergency in the province.
6: Uh, Of a state of emergency in the state of California.
11: This is not.
5: I am formally placing our national health service on an emergency. Declaring
11: a state of emergency in Victoria. Eventually, countries started shutting down. Both Canada and the United States will temporarily restrict
2: all non-essential travel across the Canada. And
5: New Zealand must now close all bars. Restaurants, That is why people cafes. will
0: only be allowed to leave their home for the following very limited purposes. Jamais la France. <inaudible> N'avait
9: dû prendre <inaudible> de Shopping
5: the And the death toll climbed. Twenty-two thousand five
11: hundred fifty-nine
9: cases, including six hundred deaths. Has the
2: third highest number of infections worldwide, with around twenty-five thousand. The death toll is past one thousand. Eight
9: hundred eighty-nine deaths in the last uh, twenty-four hours. More than 10,000 people have now died.
11: 100,000 people
9: died. And all you did was try to
11: help your friend, the president. The number of people who have died of COVID-19 has surpassed 350,000. More
10: than half a million people worldwide have
11: lost their Literally lives.
10: Nearly 1 million people have died of the virus. The global death toll from COVID has now eclipsed 2 million.
2: The COVID-19 death toll now stands at 2.62 million, according to Johns Hopkins University, but the actual number of fatalities is likely much higher. Thank you to Tristan Field-Jones for putting together yet another amazing piece of work. And Greg, I still remember, I think, I don't know. We were, I remember looking at CNN in the newsroom and seeing the news come down from the NBA. Uh, I guess it was the next morning, um, I, because I'd missed what had happened the night before, I sort of catching up on that. And, and the the feeling of just being completely overwhelmed for the next 48 to 72 hours, I almost had a breakdown, man. I, I didn't I was having a hard time processing what was happening, what we were witnessing.
3: In that clip from the basketball game you hear, uh, a voice cry out in disbelief. And, you know, be easy to mock uh, that voice, but really it was echoing uh, the thoughts of millions of people across the world wondering what on earth is going on. And boy, oh boy, did it ever set the table for something that we couldn't imagine. And listening to that piece... You could hear the different leaders from around the world speaking in different languages. And I was reminded of our weekly visits with Davide and Padua in northern Italy, Mm. as Italy was the epicenter of the virus for so long. And that feels like a lifetime ago already, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, you're right. It does. We spoke to him several times. And I think in three weeks in a row where we checked in.
3: Yeah, they were on complete lockdown. Uh, The stories uh, from something that was happening over there. And here we are a year later.
2: Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is in for Jeff Courier. She's actually going to join us just after 9 o'clock. And a reminder, she is going to be talking to Peter Warren just after 10.30. And Greg, we are getting flooded on our text line at 204-780-6868
3: with all kinds of great
2: memories of CJOB.
3: I'd like to share this one with you. In October 1998, I was working at St. Charles Country Club. And it was just days before Peter Warren retired. And he's there for a quiet dinner with, get this, Premier Gary Philman, Gary Dewar, <laughs> and Mayor Susan Thompson. That, that's quite the group. I asked him for an autograph for my mother-in-law, and he gratefully obliged. The next day or so on October 30th was his last day. That morning, I took my very pregnant wife to an ultrasound appointment, as we were expecting twins The doctor said, go home and get your overnight bag as we need to take the twins out. Today. So we're excited as uh, we're about to become parents. I started calling my family to tell them, and I call my sister and say, Guess what? It's Peter Warren's last day on CJOB. And oh, yeah, we're having the babies (laughs) today. So thanks for the memories. Thank you, Sheldon, for sharing that with us at 204 780 6868. You never know how you're indelibly connected to one thing or another. And
2: someone who is indelibly connected to this community through many years of broadcasting in Winnipeg, is the one, the only KK, Kathy Kennedy, joining us live on the start. Hello there, KK.
10: Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Happy anniversary.
2: Indeed, it is a happy anniversary, and it wouldn't be complete without hearing your voice, Uh, one of the smoothest voices on Winnipeg Airwaves. Now, you have, I'm not going to ask you how long, because I don't think that would be very gentlemanly (laughs) of me to ask that, but you have been on the air for quite some time in this community CJOB, what do you have to say about CJOB?
10: Well, you know what? And when you and I were texting last night, Brett, I, I started to think about all the stories that I have been able to cover on uh, 680 CJOB. And because I, I thought I'd highlight just a couple real quick, but I realized there, there are too many. And, and, and I just want to say this, you know, this station, more than any other, arguably, I think, has brought the power to the people, and what do I mean by that? I mean, CJOB has been the conduit for over seven decades now for people across the city, the province, the country, and in fact, around the world, to tell their powerful stories. So whether that is flooding in Westman and how it affected farmers, whether it is Premier, former Premier Greg Selinger facing a leadership review, whether it is Randy Backman, talking about his brand new album and the influences Winnipeg has had on that album. We have been there to tell those stories and I am so darn proud to have been a part of it.
3: KK, I just got a text message on my phone and it says simply this, KK, the queen of radio, Winnipeg loves her. As a woman, it makes me so proud to have her voice on the radio And I couldn't echo those sentiments and and say them better myself. Uh, We have so much shared history, Kathy, and and you and I over the years have discovered some incredible things that we share in our past that we didn't realize. But I started serving you at Chi-Chi's. I met you (laughs) as a server and you and Tom McGoran and Joe Aello would come into Chi-Chi's and I thought you were just the greatest and I won't say how long ago that is. And then now to, to be and, and share the air with you from time to time and, and to call you one of my best friends in the world is it just, it's so bizarre how, how life works, isn't it?
10: It, it is absolutely uh, bizarre. And, and that's the other thing about CJOB that I, I, I want to mention. It's the people uh, in front of the microphone and behind the microphone. Gosh, darn, do we have good people? And uh, you two are two of the best.
2: Kathy Kennedy, thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes to chat with us this morning. We appreciate the time. Mackling and McGarry, McNabbin for Courier, we have on this 75th anniversary coming up in just a moment, a special surprise right from the garden, a request from the text line from the audio archive. But before that, we have to give away two tickets for Zoo Lights for Assiniboine Park. We asked you, what was your best birthday party? And we got some good stories, but we've only got time to read the winner here, Greg. What have we got?
3: Yeah, just couldn't be any other one. My birthdays in the 1950s, my mom would take me downtown to Eaton's to get birthday cake from cjob as my birthday is also march 11th but what i really remember of cjob is when i had the the blizzard of 1966 in winnipeg everyone would turn to cjob to see what was going on if schools were closed and if you could get to work and what was going on with the storm to this day anytime there is something big going on in winnipeg we go to cjob for information
2: all right So congratulations to that listener. I'm just texting them now to actually get their name. We don't know this person's name, so hopefully we will have that shortly. But I understand someone has made a special
3: request, Greg. Curtis reached out to me and said, Greg, what about that incredible audio from Dorothy Doby? And if you have heard the audio, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, perk your ears up and turn it up.
2: This is, uh, and just uh, to give you some extra context, you're going to hear in the background Hal Anderson giggling, Brian Barkley giggling, and I believe Fiona Odlam was there as well. Here we go.
5: I have questions. Uh, My nephew, he brought me these strange-looking plants, and um, he called them tomato plants. Right. And he wants me to, you know, he put a big bulb up in the basement, so I water them every day. (laughs) And um, they're not making any tomatoes.
9: Uh, well, it's too. It's there's not enough light yet, Rosemary. <coughs> uh, you have to. Uh, what do you? What, you have a light there for them?
5: Yeah, he put, he gave me a great big light bulb, and then I I let it go on for eighteen hours. Yeah. And
9: then, and then I
5: turn it off. But it's starting to smell. You know, <gasps> <often. It> doesn't <laughs>
9: sound like it's tomato to me. I'm so, I'm afraid, Mark Rosemary. It sounds. It's like it might be something quite different. <laughs> um, but you can take it outside during the day right now, whatever it is, and it'll do better than it will in the um, in the basement. Yeah, so I should take it out of the basement and
5: just put it in the backyard?
9: Well, just during the day when it's warm, and then put it back down at night.
5: Yeah, because there's like almost 40 of them <gasps> in the back, and- Starting to smell up
9: my face. Rosemary, you know what? I think you should be asking your nephew what those plants are. They don't sound like <laughs> tomatoes to me. Well, he told me they were
5: tomato plants.
9: Yeah, I think he might be just not quite telling you the truth.
5: Well, I
9: can get him miles.
5: <laughs> okay,
9: thank you very much, Rosemary. It, it doesn't sound like you got tomatoes, but thanks for your call. Bye bye. <laughs> that sounds interesting.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So that was the Monday after the Sunday show. I was getting ready for the health report in the studio, or in the newsroom, rather, getting ready to go into the studio, and I'm listening to this, I'm going, what on earth is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
13: Marijuana,
3: (laughs) we suspect.
2: we continue the 75th anniversary
3: celebration of CJOB. And our next guests need a little to no introduction, but I'll uh, bring them on this way. One of our guests is the lead singer of the B-side Apostles, Manitoba Broadcasters Hall of Fame member, University of Winnipeg distinguished alumnus, Queen Elizabeth II medal recipient, uh, recipient, pardon me, and the former host of the morning show on this radio station, and the other is Brian Barkley. <laughs>
4: Wait
3: just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was cha- channeling my inner Larry Updike when I wrote that. How did I do, Larry? Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> that was oh, so my. <laughs> Good morning, fellas. Oh, my Great word. Great to have you on the air, fellas. Brett and I sort of uh, decided yesterday that we would uh, bring you on the air and just turn off our microphones and let you two uh, yahoos go at it. So, uh Welcome back to the airwaves, and uh, thanks for being a part of our celebration.
4: Uh, man, thanks for hey, having us uh, on. And uh, Larry, I was thinking uh, you and I got to know each other uh, through Vic Grant. You Remember, we were having the news meetings, and then Vic Grant suggested that you and I should have uh, should get together before the news meetings uh, five days a week because you were finishing your morning show at nine, and I. I was finished uh, doing traffic at night, and then we we got together for breakfast five days a week for years and years and years, and that uh, we would do that to get news ideas, but also get to know each other better. And just uh, it was it was a great way to start our relationship.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Although, I mean, I didn't know you casually before then. I mean, if we're talking about our anniversary and history and whatnot, I remember this guy, a uh, fellas. Uh, when I was on the FM side, which in the building we were in was in the basement, and, and the, uh, you know, the, the real broadcasters were upstairs on CJLB, right? <laughs> and uh, I would come up and read newscasts in a little booth, and I'd see this man, Brian Barkley. And in those days, uh, the flagship newscast was at 8 a.m. It was a 10-minute newscast. And guess who was the anchor of the 8 a.m. news? It was this little fellow, my itty-bitty buddy, Brian <laughs> Barkley. <laughs> and that's how I got to know him. Uh, and little did I know, as I looked at him uh, in, through the glass of the booth uh, in the CJOB newsroom, that one day, for almost a decade, we would be partners on air and uh, achieve what we, whatever we achieved.
2: Well, and Larry, one of the things that... uh, You actually commented on this recently on social media uh, because you were, as much as you enjoyed being in the studio, you were the master, I think, of the road show. And I think that's one of the reasons why this station has been so well-connected to this community for 75 years because it gets out into the community, and you were great at that.
6: Well, I appreciate that. Um, And it was a holdover from
2: um, my days in, in music
6: radio, because my career is roughly split in half. And when I go out and about these days and people who remember me, uh, have something to say, they will, they are usually in one of the two camps. They usually will say, I, I grew up listening to you on various stations where I was a music uh, radio guy, or they will say, I remember you from, from CJLB. But one of the things that was a feature of my time in music radio was that the shows I was involved with were always on the road. The program director at the time always put us on the road. So I had a natural kind of affinity for that. And this was detected, uh, by our boss, Brian and my boss, Vic Grant, uh, early on, uh, because you remember the Pan Am games, you guys are celebrating the anniversary of that not long ago, right? Well, uh, I was out there, and I, I said to the producer at the time, get me a long cord. We didn't have wireless mics. Get me a long cord. And uh, I would wander around the grounds and just talk to people, uh, whereas the other hosts were covering off the official interviews and whatnot. And I would, I came back to the radio station thinking, well, my boss is either going to kick me in the butt for that or he's going to say that it it's okay. And Vic took me in the office, and he says, you are incredible. This is exactly what I'm looking for. And so from then on, that was in his head that when I eventually took the morning show, he put me on the road a lot. And yes, you're quite right. I really enjoyed it. And, and it was a unique way of, of, of meeting a lot of our listeners.
3: So Brian, obviously the disrespectful introduction was done in utmost respect because everybody knows Brian Barkley and I had the great fortune of of traveling with you in the cruiser several times, filling in for you. Thank goodness you had 90 weeks of vacation every year (laughs) because you you, you kept my family fed, so thanks for that. But the, the whole notion of you, you were sort of the face of CJOB to a lot of people for a long, long time, being out in that traffic cruiser and god help you if you ever forgot to use your turn signal <laughs>
4: oh it's true there's, there's, <laughs> even, there's even so many folks that i meet now that uh, remember seeing me in the car they i they would uh, drive by in the rush hour and they would see me and they would recognize me and of course i wouldn't know who they were but uh, i get spotted oftentimes and they they would just tell me that they recognized me in the car because i put on about i think we did it calculated after 25 years of being in the traffic cruisers uh, I think I did three-quarters of a million kilometers driving in city streets, and so you get recognized just for uh, being on every street at the one time or another, and that that made for a fun recognition. It still makes for a fun recognition that uh, people have recognized the face, even though I'm a radio guy.
2: And Brian, as well, you're, we brought you on this morning uh, once we got Larry on because we thought, well, we can't just bring Larry on. Larry and Brian were such a great team. But you and uh, Hal made this observation yesterday, and you're going to be joining Hal again this afternoon. I don't think there's anybody in this building who's worked with more people than you because you, while well, you were doing – traffic on CJOB and essentially co-hosting to a large extent. You were also doing traffic on power, and then eventually you formed a relationship with Hal, too.
4: Oh, no question about that. And um, even prior to my traffic uh, times, I, I was uh, in the newsroom 15 years, and I got to work with people like, now you may not even remember some of these names, like Dudley Patterson and Red Alex and Laurie Mustard and Hetty Lewis, who was a, a tremendous uh, did a tremendous housewife show in the afternoon back in the 70s and 80s. And Alan Willoughby, I worked with. Now again, again, you may or may not remember some of these folks, but these were radio icons. And when I started back in 1976, uh, I was just a kid in the in the newsroom. I was in my mid 20s, and all these folks had been there for decades. And they, re- I just remember they were so good to me, and they were kind and friendly. They didn't make me feel like the outsider. And uh, it, it was just the start of a great relationship, being in the newsroom, and then 25 years doing traffic, meeting so many interesting people uh, in the studio. Uh, and, of course, talking to so many people who were just uh, calling me. And so it made for an extraordinary, wide-ranging broadcast
3: relationship. Well, I still have the uh, traffic phone, seven eight one one three two zero. 1320 It's still Brian Barkley. It's still your number as far as I'm concerned, Brian. So uh, you have that legacy for sure. Larry, uh, when we kick this uh, off... Le- the- yeah, let
10: me, let me...
6: Okay, go let ahead. Me, let me jump in here for what tell you a funny story. <laughs> Because Brian was revered, not you know, not just for his personality and whatnot. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. He was the face of this radio station for a long time. But uh, he was also uh, respected for his knowledge and his reportage and, you know, all the rest of it. And one morning, uh, Vic called me into the office and he said, have a look at this. And somebody uh, had leaked to him a photo of a photo radar uh, you know, you know how the cameras take a picture of the cars, right? And when you get a ticket, he says, "Have a look at this." And I looked, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, it's the, it's the traffic cruiser, right?" <laughs> well, it was a Sunday morning, and Brian was in a rush to get to church.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot
4: about that story. And you're absolutely right. I did. That's right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, <That's hilarious>. man. <laughs> was that the only ticket you ever got in the traffic cruiser brian? i believe
4: it was yes it was. I, I i did get uh one other uh oh, it's a funny story i was going home after work one day driving an osborne and uh, i got pulled over by a police officer and got a ticket i was doing about 61 in the 50 zone i was just traveling with a bunch of other folks and then i got home and i got a call from winnipeg police and they said uh brian um I'm sorry to say, uh, we've lost your ticket. And I, I didn't understand what he meant at first, and then I realized they had uh, disposed of the ticket, so there was no ticket ever issued. They they did me a favor, and again, it was just a very minor 61 in the 50 zone, but they did me a favor that one other time, so there was no other
6: ticket.
3: Uh, Larry, as a newsman, is there a, an investigation that should be had there?
6: <laughs> well, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Real story things, that one. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want you to live it down, Brian. But one of the things that that characterized the uh, the success of the morning show when I did it um, was the chemistry that existed between Brian and myself. And, and I mean, content is king. We we know that, but um, he and I clicked right away, and. Uh, Terrific timing, you know, in our conversations, and a, a lot of humor. Uh, and so we, we yeah, that show would never have been uh, the whatever the success it was uh, without the, the kind of uh, rapport that he and I had together. And there would be a lot of times where I knew Brian was always at the ready, and he had a headset on, so you know, there was no fumbling with a microphone. And if I was in an interview, and I'd get stuck or it would be something that I knew Brian knew a fair bit about. And I would just say to Brian, uh, come on in here. And the producer would just click his, his, his mic on and, and we would do interviews together. I mean, it was, it was more almost, almost like a co-hosting gig, Brian, wouldn't you say?
4: Oh, very much so. It evolved into that. And, uh, I just loved doing that. I loved the spontaneity because I, I did never know what you were going to throw at me in, in a good way because it, I was always surprised that uh, we could be, could be talking about so many things around the city, uh, whether it was levity or serious or observations. And you were bring me in for uh, some of the interviews, and it was just I enjoyed the spontaneity and, and the variety of things we did. It was a huge, every day after the show, it was just a highlight to, to uh uh, talk about the things we had done. I mean, virtually every day was just a highlight day for me.
2: Well, you two gentlemen are amazing highlights of the storied past of this radio station, and we very much appreciate you taking a few minutes to reflect on that this morning. Larry Updike, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Hey, thank you, guys. And Brian Barkley, thank you very much, and you'll be back with Hal this afternoon, right? I shall, indeed. A great great talking to you guys. Thank you. All right. Brian's going to be back on with Hal once again at 12.30 because, of course, the two of them also had a lengthy relationship first when Hal was on Power 97, and then when he took over for Larry Updike on the CJOB <laughs> Another split show. shift. That's for right. Barkley. imagine that. <laughs> he just can't escape the split shift on
3: CJOB. We roped him into another one. And, you know, when we're listening to those old clips, We're the one that you turn to, CJOB. Man, did I ever love that slogan. And just the way it was, oh, fantastic. Great memories this morning. Thanks for uh, being on board, everyone who sent their memories to us this morning at 780-6868. McGarry, so uh, privileged to do this with you every day. Extra special today.
2: Yeah, I uh, just want to quickly say that, you know, when I, it took me a long time. It took me over 10 years to drop the feeling that I was the new kid around here. And I think I always felt like the new guy because of all of the great people who worked here, all of the veterans who worked here. So it is not lost on us to acknowledge that the honor and privilege that it is to sit in these chairs and speak to you every day, listening to CJOB, thank you for making CJ will be a part of your life for
10: 75 years: Hey, thanks for listening to the Start
2: Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Wherever you find your favorite podcasts, subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show. tell us what you think.